What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at TixBlitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, they hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on. Alright. So hook so uh, support us, our friends at TixBlitz.com and never pay service fees again. That once again, TixBlitz.com, TixBlitz app available everywhere, y'all. Yes, indeed. Not what you need. This is the Running With War audio visual broadcast giving you live frequencies all over the internet talking about basketball and uh, all types of uh, beautiful things about the sport. What are you talking about? The NBA? What are you talking about? WNBA? What are you talking about? The, uh, the, the rising... Pro, uh, the rising wannabe pros out there, everybody who has a dream, a hoop dream that hasn't deflated yet, you know, we give them, uh, that's, we get the, the chance to be seen and heard here on Running With War. And uh, yeah, this is draft night. So we give you some draft night flavor, NBA draft, college draft, however you want to put it. The, uh, the amateur draft, I should say, because, you know, more and more about the game is, you know, overseas is you know you know who's the next uh dark or the next luca as well as who is the you know all the the wonderful players we got here in the states but uh we, we, we're looking to see the next stars uh put on the scene tonight and uh, we're gonna talk a bit about that uh what we expect to see you know what type of craziness is gonna happen possibly with some trades or whatever you know this is a a, a night uh, that's full of surprises typically from year to year with the NBA. You know, a lot of teams looking to make moves to solidify themselves. Uh, but, uh, you know, we stand here solidified as well. Got my man Drew riding with me as usual and uh, a very special guest, a guy who has, uh, you know, long been a friend of support of War Media, Chris Casey, one of the best writers you can find out there for hire. He gives, he gives you all types of great exclusives and interviews. And we're going to talk about one of those interviews in a little bit uh, with the director of that Adam Sandler movie, Hustle, that everybody seems to be digging on uh, on Netflix today. Uh, but, um, you know, guys, you know, uh, let's just, you know, uh, get into this draft stuff first off. Uh, you know, we're going to go up into uh, – like probably about the first three picks, 
you know, we are going we're not going to uh distract y'all too much because I think it looks like the you know from you know from what it looks like with the reports the first three picks are sort of looking like uh they're gonna be you know they they're uniform like they're set up right now uh but after those three picks we are uh we're gonna take a break and uh sort of let's see how things unfold and you know because we're Chicago based show we're definitely looking at the Bulls and how they do tonight whenever the Bulls get settled with uh, what they do, whether they trade or, or you know, pretty much what they make a, if, upon them making a pick tonight. We're going to come back a little later uh, with another, uh, you know, response, uh, our response, our takes on what the Bulls did and what the draft has unfolded up to that point. So we'll, you know, the, keep up with us and check with us, uh, you know, for uh, another live stream later upon the Bulls picking or, you know, making their decision for the evening. But uh, like I said, first off, you know, what are you guys' opinion? What are you guys' thoughts on this draft? How it's uh, shaping up? We're looking at uh, apparently Jabari Smith, number one, uh, and, uh, Chet Holmgren, number two, and Paulo Bancaro, number three, uh, going to uh, Orlando, Oklahoma City and Houston, respectively. Do y'all expect that to be the uh, how things are unfolding, or are we getting sent off a little bit? You can take it, Chris. Yeah, I I, I do think the first three picks now are solidified in that order. Um, you just look at like team needs when you look at Orlando has quietly has kept Orlando has been hoarding talent like over there, like for the last couple of years, they have a really deep roster and all it's about is developing now. And I just want to see, you know, if you do bring a Jabari Smith over there, you know, what happens to, you know, Mo Bamba. They also have Jonathan Isaac, this last year, also another big over there. So one of those two guys, like, has to be expendable because, you know, they just paid Wendell. Wendell had a great year over there. You look at Oklahoma City, who can afford to, you know, take whoever, you know, but Chet is an interesting prospect over there, especially with the talent they have over there. They're going to be a very fun team to watch. Um, and it'll at least allow Chet the time to mature, get his body, get his body right. He needs to add at least, you know, at least like 40 pounds, just eyeballing it. But I'm very intrigued. He's like the most intriguing guy to me because just looking at his build, his talent, uh, depending on what situation he goes to, his career can kind of go either way. But, you know, Sam Presti and those guys over there in Oklahoma City, like there's no better place to get drafted at um, in that situation. And when you go to Houston, we, you got like a young nucleus now with uh, Jalen Smith, Kevin Porter Jr. And now you add Paulo Banchero over there. You know, he'll step right into the road that Kristen Woods vacated since he got traded. And they're going to be fun fun to watch also. They're going to get up and down. I imagine shoot a lot of threes and, like, put on a lot of highlights. But, like, just those three prospects right there, I'm so excited to see what happens, you know, at the next level for them. Like, because talent is one thing, but another thing that needs to be considered is fit and just the situation you're drafted to. But uh, just those three organizations at the top, like, they look like they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I would, oh, go ahead, Drew. 
Now, I also say, um, kind of piggybacking off that idea, the Rockets are really intriguing to me. They're one of those teams that have multiple picks. So, you know, regardless of who they take at three, I'm wondering if they will try to package that 17th and 26th pick to try to get somebody else, maybe try to crack another top 10 pick out of there, or if they stay put and add some more pieces around what they already have. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking at with the Rockets specifically. But also just the fact that this draft seems to be kind of deep. I think I read somewhere where 50 players were sort of expecting to be drafted, drafted in the first round. It's only, what, 58 spots? So um, it, it seems like a one of those drafts where even if you're picking in the later, later half of that first round, you can still get somebody quality, which is why, you know, when we talk about the Bulls, I'm very much in favor of them using the pick and not picking for somebody else. Um, another team I'm interested in is the Kings. You know, there's a lot of talk about how this draft is going to start at four. Um, a lot of talk about Ivy and how the Kings already have Fox and already got uh, Mitchell. And you add another guard to that rotation who's not the greatest of shooters. Like, what's that going to look like? Uh, perhaps maybe they'll try to trade, move back, or trade and try to get a, a vet in there to pair with um, the two guys, two guards I mentioned, and, and Sabonis. So, it's, it's a lot of intrigue and kind of like what you touched on earlier, Kyle. It's kind of like the, the draft starts with the Kings at uh, four. Right. And, and it, it starts, too, because, you know, with Sacramento, you always have the possibility of them doing something off the wall that they really makes uh, <laughs> everybody wonder what the hell are they doing. So, yeah, that's, that's where the draft is fun, too, when you have those – franchises who perennially just uh sort of jump out the window on the draft like them and the Knicks and so stuff like that. You know, that's when the draft is fun. But uh if you know definitely I think storyline wise that's when we could see some excitement come into some things, some some variable start to come to the surface. And uh you know with that said though, you know it, it, anywhere else in that top 13 or 14 uh you know uh, do you do you see some guys in that uh in that latter part or mid part or latter part of the lottery that could really uh be a surprising pick or, or a type of transcendent pick potentially you know uh uh who can really you know make an impact uh, uh potentially down the line i think one guy that i looked at and, and believe me i'm not nowhere near a draft expert i kind of just dabbled into a few people who were projected to be around where the bulls pick but someone like tari easton who's been said to have top 10 potential the forward out of um lsu yeah pretty good athlete um kind of thin frame 215 but a guy who led his team in scoring coming off the bench um was very good in getting in the passing lanes pretty good defender that seems like where he'll make his biggest impact once he gets to the next level. Um, and kind of what Chris said about uh, Holmgren, you know, where he ends up could really dictate what direction his career goes and how good of a player he can become. A lot of talk about his his catapulting type jump shot and what he can do to fix it. But he's already made some changes with his shooting stroke because there, there was at one point when he was with Cincinnati as a freshman where – there were times where he wouldn't even put the guide hand on the ball. Like he was just kind of just single, single handedly throwing it at the rim. So um, athlete like that, 
I think always kind of catches the eye. I think there's a natural tendency to to maybe look at him, especially if you're a, a Bulls fan and have been for a while to kind of see him and also see a Tyrus Thomas type uh, athlete or, or player. But I think he has the potential to be much more. Chris, Chris, what do you think of a cat like this Shailen Sharp kid out of Kentucky, man? Like, you know, uh, people. Some people say they've seen him in practice and he's shown out, but that's all the that's all we have really to take from him is, is people uh, who've seen him in practice because the kid, you know, he reclassifies, goes into Kentucky early, uh, but doesn't play a game for him uh, this past year. You know, uh, it, but people are potentially looking at him as a you know as a mid. Uh, a lottery pick. I mean, if you were in that position, you know, that's 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 a big risk. There, I think and even you know, like I say, you, you do the knowledge. Of course, if you're a pro team and you you have that's what you have your scouts for and everything. Uh, you looking at these kids from from you know their sophomore year or, or in high school or even earlier. But you know, uh, I don't know. Just what, what do you think about being? About a, a player having a, a player like that being in the mix, and you know, as a you know, from a team perspective, what do you think that's gonna? What type of risk do you think that is on a night like this? Uh, I mean, he's one of those like those guys where we just talked about Chad, where he goes can easily dictate, you know, what his future is in terms of the wings that are in the draft. He's right up there in terms of like upside and just if you just view his highlight tapes alone in high school, I mean, he reminds me a little bit, just a little bit of uh, J.R. Smith, just in terms of explosiveness, but um, like very intriguing. Like it's hard when you don't have like any film, you just have like what people are going off of, especially, you know, in practice, but just in terms of upside, like he's gotta be, he's up there with all the other wings, you know, in the draft. I just wonder, like there are those questions just about maturity, which you know, I think a lot of guys constantly have. I mean, guys still a teenager, but like, I'm just—I mean, incredible high school footage from what I saw and looking at him. I believe he's like six six with shoes, like incredibly athletic. So I'm in, intrigued by him, but you know, I just hope the kid goes to a great situation. Mm. It, 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 both of you have made mention of this. Like, yeah, it, a lot of the difference, a lot of the difference is made in who the players uh, are are selected by. You know, the player team matchup doesn't work. You know, for some guys, they they get selected by the wrong team, and they have to. You know, they get a they they don't really come into anything in their rookie deal. Essentially, they got to go somewhere else. To make a make a name for themselves, some players are able to mature more over time. Some players never get off the starting block because of the team that they get on. Some players find themselves on teams that are on the rise and and make a make a leap in part because of them. We kind of saw that with the Bulls uh, this past year, you know, where, with Vio, you know. But uh, you know, it's, when we talk about you know all the selections that are being made tonight. You know, uh, you know, a lot of teams are making moves already to set up themselves for maybe a, a bigger trade. Uh, you know, trading assets that they that they've gotten 
maybe multiple picks already in this draft or uh, possible picks in uh, future drafts, or you get uh, players who are getting switched onto other teams who are looking to rebuild on the run, like uh, what we've seen with Portland uh, getting uh, 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 Jeremy Grant uh, yesterday and securing him. And there's also been talking of them trying to go after maybe OG Ananobi. So, you know, Drew, you know, what do you think about uh, some of the entry that's coming from the teams uh, and the established players who are already in the league tonight? You know, uh, do you think there's some uh, possibilities for the draft to be affected by moves uh, coming into it like we've seen with, uh, you know, Detroit and Portland and, and such? Just based off what we've seen the last few days, even kind of dating back to last week, that's when Christian Wood was traded, right? I would yeah. say most definitely um, teams trying to jockey for position, jockey for, uh, you know, trying to get their, their team ready-made for the playoffs or build their team to be a playoff contender. So I think that's definitely in play. I think that it feels like it is. You could probably say it every year, every draft. Um Teams looking at ways they, they can improve their team. This whole situation with Kyrie and a lot of the teams that he's saying that he's interested in joining don't even have cap space to to get him. So um, it's a lot going on, man. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how things play out tonight. Uh, the talk about Rudy Gobert and are the Bulls going to try to package, you know, find a package with the 18th pick and Kobe White and Vooch or Patrick Williams and what they're going to do there. So I think we definitely are going to see some some movement. Some of these guys may not end up with the team uh, that they get drafted by. So it's it's definitely some intrigue here for sure, man. Chris, that was one guy who you may have wanted them to be traded for years now, but, you know, uh, there's one guy you would, you would love to see traded to, tonight. Who would that be? Because it's the, the rumors are just flying. Like, you got – you got uh you know Dejounte uh, Murray and uh you know uh being mentioned and uh my man in DC uh uh you know Bill Bill yeah Bill you know they, they the fun thing about Twitter is these guys are responding to these uh these rumors in real in real time and stuff so we see you know the the tweet you know the the uh, quote tweets like you know really you know with questions with multiple question marks over these reports about who's being traded or who's on the market but you know Chris, if you, if you wanted to you know whether you want to just see something shaking up or you just want to see a player on the move you know who who would be ideal to to really make this a memorable uh draft for you tonight um i don't have anybody who like as far as moves go one thing that i do hope we haven't seen this guy play in two years, I believe now, is John Wall. I mean, he's basically oh. Houston, Houston sent him home and he's like, hey, you know, we're bringing up the young guy. So, you know, just sit at home. Like, you know, if we need you, we need you to be a veteran voice, you know, sit on the bench. But, like, he's a guy who I, I just hate seeing talent, like, just sitting, just sitting around. He's definitely a guy who can help a team. So I want that situation to – you know, be resolved more so than the Kyrie situation, which I think gets resolved in Brooklyn. I'm pretty like a, a lot of the stuff now is just a bunch of noise. You have agents, you have team executives like throwing misinformation. 
like around at this time of year. So nothing really is set in stone until it's actually confirmed in stone. But in terms of like player who I want to see like back back out there on the court and in a good situation where he can help a team is John Wall. Okay. Drew, you got any anybody like that? Any, without anybody you like to see in the New Jersey? Too much without giving it too much thought, man. Free free Westbrook, man. <laughs> or free the Lakers, depending on your point of view. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> just just get him somewhere in a different situation. So we don't have to go through a whole nother season of the back and forth about how bad he's made this team, or yada yada yada. Just get him in a different spot. I don't know where it would be. Um and I doubt this would happen, but just for chaos sake or just good storylines, a swap with uh with um Brooklyn for for Kyrie, you're kind of reuniting LeBron with um Kyrie and KD with, with Westbrook, that would be that would be funny. It's not gonna happen, but you know. <laughs> that would be funny as hell. Hey. Hey, um Let's let's get back uh, for a second on the Bulls, uh, you know. Before just uh, you know, just to sort of uh, get our 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 expectations are completely out there. Before, as I said, we'll be back on after they make their pick or you know make their big decision in the night. But uh, you know, Drew, I I, uh, I know you've been doing some recaps, looking at uh, or, or scouting reports. I would say of some guys. Uh, you know who could possibly fall to them at eighteen. Uh, you know who is the who is the guy who uh, you think would be ideal for the Bulls at uh, at eighteen if they stay put. Man, I think I'm I'm really leaning towards uh, EJ Liddell out of out of um, Ohio State. I hate to tag him with the safe pick moniker, but like I feel like he could be to that front court where Iowa was to the back court, help stabilize it, a guy that can do a few different things. I mean, you're not expecting him to be able to self-create, but I think he's somebody that can play well enough in a team defense and that concept. I think he can hit open jump shots. Um, he's a big body, not tall, but he's very big. He's athletic. You know, people compare him to Grant Williams and P.J. Tucker, um, but he can jump. He's, he's not groundbound like – some of the guys he's compared to. So that's that's where I'm leaning with him, man. Like I said, I, I hate to put the safe pick tag on him, but you could do a lot worse than, you know, all Big Ten caliber or honoree player. Yeah, that, that's sort of been a, a, a popular pick, uh, you know, person to mat, that people have been matching up with the Bulls if they uh, stay, like I said, again, if they stay at 18. Now, you know, do you think, though, because AK, you know, does have a, a, a pension or a tendency to make some deals out of nowhere, you know, do you think that there's a possibility that they could maybe move up and maybe go after, you know, uh, maybe uh, with the Duran uh, out of Memphis or Mark Williams from, from Duke? These, these seem to be guys who are, you know, true interior players, who uh, maybe are probably at that top of the uh, top of the list, uh, outside of that top three, and uh, guys who you know a lot of people think could uh, you know slide right in as the, as the backup uh, you know center for the Bulls. You know, not even really, uh, and maybe not even have to go the route of a trade or anything like a go, getting the Gobert. So, 
do you think that that be more worth it for the Bulls to do? You know, maybe it'd be just better for them to stay pat and go, you know, with the best player available at 18. As a Bulls observer, I wouldn't be mad if they traded up and somehow were able to get Williams or the kid from Memphis, Dereen. But as as even though those two players may have a higher ceiling than Liddell, I think again the Bulls need they they gotta extend that bench, man. They kind of they're they're decent from one to six, one to seven. It's that eighth, ninth, tenth spot, eleventh spot where they they need. They need more utility, and I think Ladeo gives them that. He's more well-rounded than those other two guys you mentioned, um, even though they still do well for themselves if they brought one of those guys in, especially Williams, who you said is a hell of a shot blocker, um, seems to be one of those guys that can play down low but also step out and, and hold his own guarding perimeter on, you know, teams nowadays run pick and rolls to death. So, um, he would help him in that regard. But I'm just really kind of stuck on Liddell in terms of the group of guys who seem to be um, pegged to be in that, that 18 range that the Bulls are going to be picking in. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now, going for the guy who can do more uh, but maybe not have as high of a ceiling. Yeah, I got a question. So I was just talking with this with a friend because we are talking about the draft. Realistically, how close are the Bulls to like? We're not even talking about making play. We're talking about competing in the Eastern Conference. You know, to go to the finals. Like, how close do you feel this roster as constructed is? And like, do you draft based on that? Do you draft based on looking at who can help us two to three years down the line from where we're at right now? Or are you trying to pick somebody who's like, like, all right, we feel we we can contend. Like, y'all thoughts on where the Bulls are in terms of realistically competing in the East and, like, how that should be factored into drafting this big if they stand pat at 18. You take that, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think the spot that they're in right now, uh, because they're they're a solid playoff team who – you probably not going to see the betting favorite again for the for the East uh, winning at all in the East. I think you just go with the best player available and you know p- position yourself uh, to uh, you know at that 18 spot. Just see who falls and who, you know try to because you're most likely looking at a rotation player anyway, uh, especially at 18. You're not really getting anybody who's gonna who you're gonna put over. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, if you know if he stays around, you know you really you're not likely get anybody who's gonna even start over uh, over P. Will. So you know, just get you the best player that you can get. Uh, ideally, someone who can who can shoot or who can defend uh, multiple positions as many front court positions as possible, because those are two places where you were weak. And uh, if and roll the dice. And and with that said, too. We're talking about depth and adding to it. You know, that opens the possibility, too, of uh, there's a couple teams in the first round uh, beyond the Bulls who have multiple picks. So you can put yourself in a position to maybe do a deal. I, 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 I wish I, I should get the list order in front of me here. But I know, you know, talk to one of those teams maybe 
if you if nobody impresses you enough at 18 trade down and maybe see if you can get two those uh two picks in the 20s and uh and see what you can do with those maybe you could get a walter kessler at 20 and in the 20s or and get you and, and take care of two different needs at one time you know so i i i think it's just i like the position that the bulls in regards to the draft now i know what you're saying like you know if they uh you got to be uh weary of where they are overall yeah. but you know i i i just i just think that they can be aggressive and i like them being aggressive tonight possibly Oh man, that's a tough, tough uh, question, Chris. I think perfect world. Uh, I, I couldn't put them any better than a four seed in the East, as as currently constituted. Assuming Zach comes back, um, it's all matchup based, right? Like, yeah, they they. And and you gotta, you, they gotta be healthier next yeah. year than they were this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't fare well against the top of the East at all last season for whatever reason. Um, and so you could probably say this about different matchups, but that that matchup against the Bucks in that first round, I don't, I don't know if it would have got any worse than that for them um, in terms of mm-hmm. if they would have been able to play, you know, Miami or Boston. I actually was. Uh, maybe by myself on this island, but I, I was hoping that they would play Philly rather than Boston, rather than um, the Heat, rather than um, the Bucks, man. So I thought just the way that the 76ers were constituted, you know, even though Embiid is undefeated against the Bulls, just the way that team is and, and the way that they would have to direct their forces to stop the Rose and the Levine, you know, they only had Matisse Thibel really as their best perimeter defender. Um, although Tobias Harris played pretty well defensively for a good portion of the playoffs, I thought, but it really is just massive dependent, man. What, what's your opinion on where you see them in terms of the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference? Uh, they're definitely right in that mid, that mid uh, tier to me, like that four to five spot, especially when healthy. I mean, you just look at from a uh, talent level like nobody there's nobody like expected DeRozan to have the season he did um, last year at all like it was an MVP caliber season um I believe he'll be 33 or 34 going into um this upcoming season so like can he repeat that um Zach you know I'm kind of concerned not concerned but you know I want to see that he comes back healthy so coming back like off of meniscus injury like that's also concerning because it seems like there was some complications with getting him back on the court so and then you know pat with pat missing like so much of the season that kind of hurt like the development and the cohesion of this team so we really still don't even know like what this team is because there really wasn't like we don't have like a 30 to 35 game sample size of everybody being healthy and you know, we're seeing with all together. Alex Caruso missed, you know, some time with like different injuries. So I'm, I still put them like in the like that mid tier in the East. I just think when you look at the talent of a, I say collectively they're better than Philly. I don't know what James Harden comes back as. Same thing when you look at Brooklyn. Like you know, whatever happens with this Kyrie situation, that's going to have a ripple effect on you know Kevin Durant's decision. I still think that gets resolved, but 
like Ben Simmons, like what version of him is coming back. If he comes back as the Ben Simmons that he has been, they're still adding like, you know, a top defensive 16 guard who could play make, get the ball, run the ball in transition and find guys. So it still makes them very dangerous. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I still put the Bulls in that mid tier. And if I'm drafting, I go with a guy who can definitely be a rotation guy, but I'm more interested in, like you said, the kid from uh, Memphis, like just athletic, long. I can believe he can cause some issues, like when he switched out on the pick and roll on the perimeter. Like I'm thinking like in the next one to three years because the Rosen's only got another year after this. So I'm thinking kind of most of these decisions have to be made like with the present in mind, but with a more focus on like what's to come in the next two to three years down the line. Given yeah. everything you just said, especially particularly the, the the little amount of time that the best players on this roster, the ones who AK envision playing together and kind of building something with, the fact that they weren't able to play that many games together, that many minutes together, do you think that will give AK or this front office pause in terms of making a blockbuster deal for a Gobert or one of those bigger names? I believe so, but I believe anytime you could get a guy who's like, that's essentially what the Bulls would need is just like a rim protector, but it's always a hit and miss because you look at what teams do to take him out, uh, take him out of the game during the playoffs. It's like, do you want a repeat of that in the Eastern Conference? I'm not sure, but like, I'm not so low on Vooch that I was like, all right, this guy has to, you know, get out of here. I just think, you know, nobody can stop Giannis at all. And I just think when teams go small, like it's difficult for most bigs, like to do anything unless you have a versatile game or you're um, a Jokic to be able to like still be able to beat up teams inside to like at least keep things honest. But I do believe just because this team wasn't whole for a majority of the season. It kind of does give the front office a pause to like, all right, let's roll it back just to see what what we have really, as opposed to just getting like a small snapshot of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a possibility they can, you know, get a a person who may be ready to start by the end of their rookie deal tonight. You know, whether you know if if you look at you no know, a person who, you know, really, uh, um, you know, my man, uh, uh, you know, Jay Billis from uh, ESPN got me really hyped on the kid uh, from Ohio State, the other kid from Ohio State, Malachi. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he threw out some of his stats about him averaging like 19 over the last 20 games of the Ohio State season. Like, really had a good argument for him. They had a mock draft on ESPN last night. Uh, and uh, they had him going to the Bulls at 18. Uh, but, you know, he was he's like a he's another guy like P. Will, who is still young, doesn't, didn't have much, uh, just had the one year in college and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe develop still developing into something that, you know, his best play could be ahead of him on in the professional uh, at the professional level. So. And I think if you get somebody like that, or if you, you know, somebody, you know, you know, for, fortunately falls to you like a Mark Williams, you know, as unexpected as that may be, 
or 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 the uh, also or the Memphis kid, you may be getting the guy who you can who can come up and make Vucevic, you know, even more tradable than he is to much of the Bulls fan base. You know, maybe actually tradable to the Bulls franchise, or you know, you can have that. And in the case of uh, Malachi, you know, that guy who you can put at the three and be comfortable doing that in a couple of years and just let, uh, uh, you know, let uh, DeRozan be gone his way, you know, it, you know, those are the type of decisions, like, like, you, like you say, that has to be those factor into these decisions tonight. It's not just about what the Bulls could do next year. You, you know, they want to be as much of a playoff uh, championship contender as they can be next year, but they got to, you know, they got to be smarter than that. They got to uh, project themselves going forward a few years because they want to keep success at a certain level here in the, in the city. But, uh, you know, we're, we're past seven o'clock now, about seven minutes in, they still playing around, uh, you know, how we, you know, how these draft bro- uh, broadcasts are. Uh, they don't rush anything, but, uh, you know, Jabari Smith, like, like we said before, is looking like the top pick uh, overall and uh, going to Orlando. And when you look at Orlando's history, pretty nice history of with four uh, number one picks in their history, they kept three of them. And, uh, you know, three of them, all three of those guys who they uh, picked and kept that number one, uh, Shaq, uh, 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 Penny Hardaway, and how and uh, Dwight Howard all helped them get to the NBA Finals, and the fourth guy winds up being a, a Hall of Famer anyway. Just not, he just didn't do anything for Orlando. That's of course Chris Webber, but uh, you know this could be uh, another uh, big time cash in for Orlando, and uh, we'll see. Uh, like I say it should be playing out just the way everybody's expecting but uh you know and though chris or drew either one of you do you think that uh you know what type of player do you expect jabari smith to be right away at least you know you know number one picks come in all sorts of flavors there's been there's been all-time greats and there've been big time flops but you know right away with jabari do we see do we see him as being a guy who could really add right away to what Orlando was doing and, and can stand out because Orlando gets good young talent every year, see, and, you know, they they just fade into obscurity eventually while they're down there because Orlando just hasn't got itself together in the at any time really since uh, Dwight Howard was there. But, you know, could Jabari Smith be that real, real franchise guy who they could build around? I think um, I think so. I think so. I think, you know, people are labeling, obviously labeling him as the best player available in this draft. I think he can have a, a similar impact on Orlando as what Evan Mobley had on the Cavs, maybe just in different ways. And they also have, you know, he's not coming in to it like Chris said earlier. He's not coming into a completely um, barren situation. Like they've got mm-hmm. some pieces there, man, with Cole Anthony and Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr., depending on what goes on with um, Jonathan Isaacs, if he's able to come back and actually get on the court. So I think he's he's set up pretty nicely. Oh, well, wait. <laughs> we got to scratch that. It's 
Paulo Banchero oh. is selected with the first overall pick. So, <laughs> uh, you know, this is how these things go sometimes, man. The story, everybody thinks they, things, one thing is going to happen, another thing goes in. And, and, and you know every uh, the the team is just there waiting for to send everybody off. But one thing that this is how this is how you you know you got to pay attention to these things. Vegas was shifting the the odds quite a bit towards Benchero. Like he was like plus fifteen hundred uh, like a week ago. You know he went down to like plus two something. As it was meant that you know you get less money if you put that uh, if you put a bet down for him to go number one, you know the odds were getting getting more in his favor that he's going to be that guy, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess people they knew something that we didn't. That's why they, we dealing with money. That's that's what uh, you better know what you're talking about. So, do the Thunder do the Thunder take Smith Junior now? Yeah, that's a strange. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I think both situations could still work for, like, Chet and Smith. So, yeah, it's just weird. It's crazy. That, oh, man, I'm just trying to think of him Him and Franz, though, man. Play the same position, right? Like, it's kind of the same. I mean, even, like, Jabari Smith, what does he project at the next level? He's going to probably be, like, 3 four. Yeah. So, same thing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Man. I think that the thing with – I think that most people uh, see with Banchero is that you know in a couple positions he can be. He's a guy who's looking, who's going to be looking and willing and ready to be a top scorer right away. You know whether you have him, you know playing uh, a, a four, or you know playing a big three, you know sort of a big three and in a, in a bigger lineup. You know he's a guy who uh, he's a playmaker. So yes. gonna be a lot of guys in Orlando that want the ball. You still got what, <laughs> three point guards over there. You got Markel Fultz trying to get back. Like they, they definitely got like some some room to like make moves because like there's no way you like it's just too much talent over there. You got Fultz, Suggs, like you got RJ Hampton is still over there. Like Jonathan Isaacs will be back hopefully healthy. Mo Bamba, I think, is up eligible for an extension. Yeah, see, they got they gotta they gotta do something with it. it. It's almost too much of the same youthful talent there. They gotta yeah. break that up a little bit, you know. Yeah, you got a lot of guys who looking for like at least a couple of guys over there looking for their next paycheck. So yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I, one one magic I don't want to see on that team next year is Gary Harris. I know that. I like I like to see him come to shoot, come yeah, to the board nice, and build. Yeah, I, but you know, I I, I, I just there yeah, they got a they got some decisions down there in Orlando, but we'll see how that team comes together. Uh, but right quick though, you know what what is this purple rain stuff that he got on <laughs> his suit, man? Even giving even giving people a lot of uh, Prince of the Revolution vibe with the with this suit, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like he got video game sensors on his uh, suit, man. Yeah, like he doing the, yeah, like yeah, like he doing the the audio, the, the yeah, the sensors for Madden or something like. Or two K, yeah. Maybe that's where he just come from, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> wow, look, man. <laughs> but uh, Chris, man, we 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 really appreciate you coming on with us, man. I know. Uh, 
uh, we actually the plan was to have you on on Monday, but yeah. uh, you know he had he had to flake on us. You know, I'll let you say why if you can, but you know uh, he had a, he had a legit reason actually. Yeah, I had a I had a interview that pretty much I've been planning for. Man, I think going in back into earlier earlier this year that just kept getting pushed back. So, you know, when the world of like professional athletes, celebrities, entertainers, you kind of always have to remain flexible and kind of be on their schedule. So when it was like confirmed, like, all right, he'll be available at this time. I was like, all right, I got to take it. So um, got that done. So that interview should be going up, I would say sometime probably like mid July, mid July. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Talk to Talk to me a little bit about that, man, because you really have made a name for yourself. I think really carved out a, a a lane for yourself as a as a writer with exclusive interviews, you know, Q and A's and all types of uh, you know, just you know, getting getting to talk to you know, uh, very interesting and uh, a stat, highly uh, established athletes and and people of, of that nature. You know, has has that been for you in sort of developing yourself as a guy who can do uh, do these type of interviews and get next to uh, great athletes and get uh you know uh, interesting things out of them about their their uh you know from anything from their personal life to their eating habits to you know uh you know their their projects and their investments that they do and stuff like that. You know, how, what's that like for you? Uh, I mean, it's pre it's pretty good. You know, when I got into um, my career path, it's been one of luck, but also one of like basically just resources. When I first got my foot in the door, like covering the Chicago Bulls, I made sure to soak up everything. I watched guys like, you know, uh, Sam Smith, Agre Sam, uh, Casey Johnson. Like I studied these guys. I watched how they approach athletes and I just pretty much tried to figure out a way to do it my own way. So one thing I did when I got in the door, I wasn't shy, but I tried to speak to everybody. That means if you're the guy sweeping the floor at the United Center, I'm speaking to you, I'm talking to you. If you're the ball boy, I'm talking to you because you never know where in sports, your career could go anywhere. You could be talking to a guy that's sitting courtside and a few years down the line he's working in the front office of that team now mm. you just never know how these things could work out so uh being nice being accessible and just being genuine goes a long way just in the sports industry and that's led to relationship with family members professional athletes um it could be a cousin of a guy like you know everything is kind of word of mouth like if you know, your brother or some say, hey, you know, you want to talk to this dude? He writes for such and such. Like, we can trust him. All of that yeah. stuff goes a long way. Um, and the one thing with athletes nowadays, they do have to have, like, some level of trust for you because athletes are at a point now where do they do they really still need, like, somebody? They really don't need to talk to us, to be right. honest, with the way, like, things are going now. So to still be able to help tell their stories are – uh, pretty good. Like, I don't, I have no idea what the media industry looks like 10, 15 years from now. It's going to look completely different. I know that, but I'm just happy to still be a part of like, you know, telling these guys stories, whatever it may be. 
Yeah, well, I think someone like you was always going to have a place in the game because you know how you know how to formulate those relationships and you know you you work hard and you know that the advice you just gave right there is is really a standout advice for anybody who's uh trying to come up as a reporter and and, and you know dealing with uh you know sports organizations and of of all types whether you talk about the teams themselves or the the families that uh that as they organize around players and protect players you know if, if you can formulate those relationships and uh you know get people's guard down in the right way and if you if the work that you do is fair and you know uh you know crafted in a certain way where the players and and their followers you know their fans and followers respect you you know that's how you really establish yourself as a as a reporter and a writer in in, in journalism nowadays uh sports journalism nowadays because like chris said they don't they less and less they do they need us to get out their word and and in most cases they'd rather get it out themselves like new media that they want to be the media now so if you want to be you know representing the old media as it were still going, going forward you better rely on the best aspects of the old media which is you know being truthful being objective and uh, being fair and, and not just uh, trying to put people out there and flame people like uh, <laughs> one of the guys we see on TV now that, uh, right now. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, hey, he, he, he did his thing too over his career. I, I came front on him, but yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we gonna uh, start to roll out cause Chris got, a, Chris got a roll. We appreciate you again, man, for coming on uh you know, sure. by the way uh you know Holmgren goes second to uh Oklahoma City so that that stays firm there so now we got to look at Jabari though and see is this one of those things where he slides down some more or is or is he you know at home in Houston so yeah we, we'll look to see that in a few in a in a minute here so but uh in the meantime uh check out Chris's uh work you know, whenever you can find it, let people know how they can find your work. And uh, tell people right quick about the, uh, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on this week is your exclusive interview with the Hustle, director of Hustle. Yeah. Uh, you know, tell people how to uh, look, uh, check out that uh, post in particular. Oh, yeah. That's a story, I should say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Netflix has an online publication called Netflix Q. Um, so it pretty much all the Netflix uh, specific programming like the stranger thing the ozarks any netflix exclusive content they pretty much uh talk to the actors the directors anybody that has some work to do around a specific series or movie and you pretty much just help bring the insight you try to get some insight like out of that and deliver it to the fans so um, i did get to talk to jeremiah zagarf who is um the director of hustle and just pretty much figure out how he was tabbed to direct that movie because he's known for We Are the Animals, which is an adaptation from a novel. Uh, but I was like, you know, how did you end up with a sports specific film, man? Especially you got uh, Adam Sandler involved, LeBron James is also involved in the film. And um, initially when Adam Sandler called him, he turned it down. He was like, oh, that sounds nice. It's in my hometown in the Philly 
but I don't want to do it. And I think he turned it down just because he didn't want to do like, he didn't want to make like another sappy sports film. But I think just with, once he sat down and took the time to realize that, Hey, this is in my hometown of Philly. I got the control here. I get the chance to work with Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah. There's a host of other NBA legends in there. Dr. J you got Kenny Smith in there. Uh, I think it was just a no brainer for him once he sat down and took the time out to think about it. But it was a very great interview, just getting his insight, being able to talk to a director and figure out like all the different things that go into like making a movie, then manage talent. You're managing guys who've never acted before, like Wancho, um I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Herman Gomez. Yeah. 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 Anthony. Definitely, Anthony Edwards definitely has a future in TV movies, whatever. Yeah. Just played the hell out of that role, but it was a very good interview. Um, and just where people can find my other work, I always stay locked in on my Twitter. When I do tweet, um, everything normally goes up there. It's Twitter, uh, I'm at C4 Dunk, that's C, the number four, D U N K. Uh, but yeah, that's where pretty much I post all my stuff at. Um, and stuff goes up like just randomly just because of how it's published like i talked to a certain nba point guard like when i had to cancel that that'll probably be coming up like july hopefully like sometime around the summer league is what i'm presuming but i'm always working man so i'm either writing something or something's getting ready to come out so i'm just staying busy definitely man. you, you said the great example man we love to see you uh do what you're doing and, and keeping keep on thriving like you do man but I'm trying, uh man. I gotta keep these lights on <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. definitely definitely <laughs> but uh, that, uh jabari smith won't have trouble keeping the lights on he's uh <laughs> he's been selected number three now so yeah now yeah, none of them I, I i you know so yeah we should we should we should definitely be confident that although some brothers have made it a challenge to throw away the NBA uh, yeah. fortunes that they got, but that's I think I think the brothers are a little more educated nowadays. A lot more educated, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Drew, man, uh, right quick before we do before we sign off for this uh, session, uh, let everybody know about uh, your new endeavors. You know, uh, we we like to yeah yeah me and um matt gentile co-hosting the rebuild the bull podcast uh probably looking at doing an episode a week um throughout the rest of the summer and going into the season and just trying to be available if any breaking news you know happens to come about if they happen to trade this number 18 pick or use it to use it as a package for Gobert or some other um you know rumored star out there but uh yeah i appreciate that kyle man just another opportunity another door that was open for me man you know i'm a, the the type of guy that prefers to write that's kind of where my my pocket is but i'm trying to expand i'm trying to say yes to things rather than looking at the what can go wrong scenario so yeah man, i'm 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 you know, humbled to humbled that he even asked me to co-host that pod with him, and just very much looking forward to to getting that going with him. 
I think the, the impact you made. Go ahead. What'd you we say? actually just got the episode this morning um, okay. with uh, Chip Jones uh, of Thinking Basketball. Does a lot of great work. Uh, scouted a lot of these prospects that we're going to see tonight. Um, he was our guest, so we talked to him about, you know, the draft, uh, about, you know, who he had going to the Bulls and who he thought were the best fits and how he had the first three picks playing out. So if you, you know, you guys get the time, check that out. Again, it's the Rebuild the Bulls uh, podcast with me and Matt Gentile. So you can find it through my Twitter um, at Look What Drew Did. You know, you know, hit me up. Let's talk. Always available. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, appreciate you, Drew. And, uh, yeah, we'll sign off for now. Uh, like I said, those first three picks, they go – uh, the way with you know, the players involved uh, go the way that we expect, but a little bit of a jumble there. We'll see what type of impact that has. Actually, the Kings are uh, the 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 much talked about Kings are coming up with their fourth pick, but we're gonna come back uh, probably in about a, an hour and a half. Uh, Kings select Keegan Murray, uh, Iowa kid, you know, big time scorer. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, like I said, we'll be back probably about a half, an hour and a half or so, maybe around the nine o'clock time. Uh, I think Gabe and uh, and or Stephen Gardner should be joining us, uh, me and Drew, to look at what the Bulls have done and uh, look at the draft as it unfolds leading up to the Bulls uh, selection of, uh, you know, trade or true, whatever they choose to do tonight. But uh, yeah. Just keep following us at War Media. Uh, you will be streaming on Twitter, on our Twitter page at War Media, uh, as well as uh, uh, YouTube. So uh, just keep up with us, and actually, we'll be back in a little bit later on tonight. But uh, that's it for now, y'all. We uh, see it down the, on the bottom of the screen. We keep it uh, free. Second half time. We're gonna take we're gonna come out the break like the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> this is the Running with War show, part two of our draft night coverage. Uh hope you uh Called us earlier with uh, Drew and Chris Kaysen, the uh, one and only Chris Kaysen stopped by and uh, helped us out get getting into the draft. We had a little nice session uh, going into the draft, going over the first couple picks and, and whatnot. Uh, took a break off of that, uh, you know, let the let the draft unfold some more here in this first round. Got some interesting things that have gone on, some trades and whatnot. And uh, we're going to go over those things. But, of course, you know, we're going to start. We're going to lead off with those Chicago Bulls as we uh, are Chicagoans. And we cover the Bulls weekly on this show. Uh, Stay pat at 18. No no trades for the Bulls as I bring Drew back in. See Gabe, of course. What's up, Gabe? What's up, man? Long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> Gave on the wing. Now we got Drew in the low post. And uh yeah, just like I like I said, uh 18, 
uh, comes and goes. The Bulls keep it, and they go with a guy uh, who wasn't really tied to them, rumor-wise, going into the draft. Uh, he's a guy you may have seen a little bit of if you followed Arizona. Arizona was a team in college this year that uh, didn't have many expectations for it going into the season, but they started playing well and really developed into a contender over the course of the season. But uh, Dale and Terry is the pick for the Bulls, uh, described by uh, you know a lot of people as a glue guy, as it were. On the talented team, he was able to uh, – talented uh, Arizona Wildcats team was able to make his mark mostly by playing defense, by making good passes, uh, helping facilitate others. And uh, that's probably what he's going to be looking to do with the Bulls pretty much. He's – uh, you know, the Bulls are not lacking for scoring talent. Uh, they do want to see guys probably who, it, you know, if they're going to come off that bench and play, who are going to defend, who are going to uh, pick up guys at, 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 uh, in, on defense, pick up multiple uh, positions, and, uh, you know, pass the ball well, uh, be smart with the ball. And uh, I guess this is a guy who can do that. Not the sexiest pick, but uh, you know, I, I'm guessing you no. Know, in in Acme, we trust. You know, they they do the knowledge on the people who they select and they bring onto this team. They hit a home run, of course, last year with Io. You know, could they have, could they have maybe done the same thing here with a a, a low key guy, a guy who uh, maybe has something to prove? He feels uh, there's already already a tweet. Uh, circulating about him uh, sort of saying as much that there'll be a redraft 10 years down the line and it'll look different than it did tonight. Uh, that's coming from the, the kid's mouth from the combine. But uh, I'll give it over to you guys. You know, what's what's your thoughts, your immediate thoughts on the pick? I'll, I'll go first. I'll probably be a little quicker because you, you got a lot more wealth of knowledge for these guys and I do, um, Gabe. But like we said in, in the opening when we were on with Chris Kaysen, man, I, I thought that um, EJ Liddell would be the pick for them. He was still on the board at that period of time. Tari Eason had just went to pick before, I believe. So um, a part of me is is a little disappointed. But, but at the same time, like you said, kind of trusting this front office and their ability to put their vision together kind of in a, in a tangible way. Um, everything I'm starting to hear now that the pick has been made about this about this kid is is looking good. It seems to be everything but a shooter, um, okay. which, you know, like you just alluded to, the Bulls got enough scores, enough people who can put the ball in the basket, save for maybe three-point shooters. But um, if he's able to come that's in. That's what he, I would have liked to see too, Drew, if they could have got – someone who who could shoot them. that's why you know I, I say my i would have been more excited with malachi Branham, who got mm. selected at number 20. uh you know he was a guy who you know his scoring his ability to score really you know showed towards the end of his his uh season at ohio state you know he shot well from the floors uh doubled his scoring average over the second half of the big 10 season you know, he was a guy who's looking like he's developing into something uh, pretty good as as a, a person who could 
uh, make plays with the ball and with now maybe he maybe he seemed a little too ball dominant for what the Bulls want uh, coming from this pick. So you know I could see that being the case maybe, but you know uh, uh, yeah, essentially over the course of this uh, off season, I really hope that the Bulls do uh, find some sort of spot up knockdown shooter who is you know who can uh consistently shoot from outside maybe they'll find it in free agency but they didn't really address that with this pick yeah no yeah. doubt they, 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 they definitely have to look look to to find as well as rim protection and we we know this is just the very beginning of this offseason there's going to be other sure. moves made um but at the end of the day like i said i'm although i'm disappointed that they didn't get uh Liddell, i'm still um pleased with what I'm hearing about this guy and, and what Dalen Terry might be able to bring to the Bulls um, off the bench. And at the end of the day, the rotation guys, the people surrounding DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic, they're theoretically going to get a lot of open looks. So um, he's going to have the opportunity to try to improve that shot and potentially get a lot of them without much of a hand in his face. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. If he can be the forward version of Ayo Dosumu, then, man, more power to the front office. Gave a, no, he had a, a teammate who goes top 10, uh, Terry does. Now, is this a situation where, you know, playing next to a guy or playing on a certain team may have inflated his draft stock, do you think, or is this, you know, along the lines of where he should have been picked? In my opinion, when a guy typically gets picked this high and no one expected to, he must have worked out pretty well for some teams. Okay. The intel must have got back around and word got around. I mean, no no disrespect um, to Dale and Terry. I mean, I, I don't really know much about him. He's an interesting prospect. Like, the first thing that stood out when I saw – the metrics was okay. He's six seven. Yeah. And you know, my immediate thought was was okay. If you're getting a guy like him, who looking at the tape or the brief tape that I've watched thus far since the pick came in, who can defend, um, not turnover prone, can set up and initiate an offense. It, it makes me wonder what's Kobe White's immediate future in Chicago looking like, yeah. because he can do the things. He can do a lot of the things that the Bulls front office has been asking Kobe to do. And even though Kobe can score and maybe is a better shooter at this point in his career than Dalen Terry is, um, you got to believe that at some point they're going to have to really see what that guy's made of. Me personally, when I, when I looked at the pick, I, I was kind of, it's a typical Bulls pick to me in the sense that they huh. typically, and I don't mean in a disrespectful way to the AK and Mark, but it's a typical Bulls pick in the sense that, they pick they tend to pick players who most of the fan base is say, Who is that? <laughs> you're right, you're right. Like, who's that? Like it's never a sure fry guy, even a guy that's a mystery, unless if it's like top ten or whatever. But even when it's in the top ten, sometimes you never really know what the Bulls are gonna do. So I, I don't think it was because of Benedict Matherin, who I think is gonna be a hell of a player in the league in Memphis. I mean, not Memphis and in Indiana, where he failed to at six overall. I really like that pick for them a lot, but I don't think it was because of him playing uh, besides Benedict Mather. And he's also playing against a, a plan with Coloco at, at Arizona, who's a, a quality big man. And I don't believe he's gotten picked up yet 
But at some point tonight, he should have his name called. Um, he could be a valuable rim protector stuff. Like, he played on a good team, but I think he had to really impress and, and show out in the workouts enough to get himself in this position. And sometimes that happens. Okay. Definitely, definitely. And it, it, it definitely means a lot when you come in, like I say, work out well and you show up at the uh, at the combine, you know, that – that makes a difference for a lot of these guys because so many of them are working. You're working with small sample sets at, at least at the at the college level with with so many of them. So they want to see how you you know how you are physically, how much how can, how can you work out, how you approach the game, and uh, you know things like that. You know can get into the you know like I say no they we we were talking earlier uh, about. Uh, uh, the, the movie Hustle a little bit with Chris K because he interviewed the director. And the one thing that they got across in that movie was how people talk in the league and how, uh, you know, how uh, these these guys, when they're, when they're uh, preparing for the draft and stuff, how scrutinized they are and how, uh, you know, word, word gets around on guys pretty quickly. So, you know, the, you know it could work for you, it worked against you. But uh, it looks like it works for Dale and Terry. And we're seeing it right now. I mean, you take a guy like Marjan Bochamp, who I really thought the Bulls should have took with the 18th pick, and I'll go mm -hmm. on the record saying that. I mean, if you're going to make an investment in a guy who is a solid wing defender coming in, athletic, he doesn't need a play designed for him to score. He can get to the bucket. He knows how to move off the ball well. His three-point shot a lot like Terry's is questionable, but he's shown – in a, in, a, in, a, in a, like brief sample sizes with the G League Ignite that he can, you know, when he's playing well, he can shoot it well. So he's kind of shrieky in that regard. But I don't understand how he's not off the board. I don't understand how a guy like Jaden Hardy, a guy who was projected to be a top five pick until he spurns, you know, his top five college choices for the G League. I don't understand how he's still on the board. You know, it's, it's very interesting. And you're right. I mean, because it gets to the point where so – with these drafts, they always tell you what a kid can't do. But I'm like, show me what he can do. And if I'm looking at the tape showing me what he can do, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing or whatever? Not to say that I know more than you, but it's just interesting, you know, how that process works. Because they, this is the time where they will, they will critique your game um, to shreds if, if possible by any means like this. And that's why this night means so much to so many of these guys getting picked because they know how political the process is. Yeah, and, and talk you talk about guys who've been scrutinized heavily, the top three, you know, coming to this draft. You know, uh, you know me and me and Drew we watched it live uh, on the on the last part with Chris. You know, Gabe, I got to get your opinion since you weren't with us earlier. You know, we would we would talk about this for a while. You know, about how this draft is going to set up. And uh, the top three winds up, you know, you, we wind up getting the top three that we expect. Everybody expects coming to the uh, tonight, but it gets shaken up a little bit. The order, you know, now, you know, I know from talking to you early in the season, you know, you felt that they were largely interchangeable. These guys, as far as what the talent that you're getting, and you no, know, so I'm guessing you're not too surprised that Paulo ends up in number one. But why do you think it? it specifically that ended up happening because what i said earlier during the playoffs when the lottery 
um, formation that happened, Orlando got the number one pick. Mm. They didn't have a guy that could really go get a bucket. You know, Apollo can do that for you. Apollo's also a guy who, you know, he 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 can lead the break. He's a guy that you can trust with the game on the line. Orlando doesn't really have a guy like that. They have a nice nucleus of young talent with, with Franz Wagner, um, Wendell Carter Jr., Jonathan, and then the, the uncertainty of Jonathan Isaac as well on the wing. A guy who hasn't played and going on two years now, this upcoming summer since he tore his ACL, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And even though he's always been an elite level defender, his offensive game has left a lot to be desired oftentimes. So now you get a guy like Paulo in the mix with Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony. In my opinion, you know, he could go in there and insert himself as the face of the franchise right away. You think that's pretty, my bad. I was gonna say you think that's you pretty much what it came down to the fact that unlike Jabari Smith Jr., who's a great talent in his own right, Paulo has that ability to kind of be that number one offensive hub for the Magic. You think that's what it ultimately came down to? I think that's what it came down to, and I think it came down to the simple fact that they knew that they had a challenger in their way, and that was Houston. Houston was damn serious about trying to get him. And I don't think that that's why they traded Christian Wood. They were going to trade him anyway. I think that was, like Wolge and other people said, that was one of the worst-kept secrets in the league. Because anytime you got a guy on a contract year with a, with, a, with a team that's bound for the lottery and they're seeking to develop young guys, and he's a vet, he gets in the way of that. So they were always going to move him, especially when you got an Alper and Sangoon in the mix who they could easily give those minutes to, and they will give those minutes to uh, starting next season at the four and the five. So with all of that said, I, I think what it really boiled down to was they knew he was number It was it, They knew he was really the number one player. It was a lot of debates, but to me it was never a doubt from the moment the college basketball season began that Paulo Bancaro was the number one pick in the draft. Mm. Jabari Smith Jr., as talented as he is, I mean, the thing that's interesting about it all is Jabari Smith Jr. never worked out for the Rockets. Paulo Bancaro did. Um, I know he also worked but out. Paulo didn't work. Paulo didn't work out for the Magic, though. Apparently, right? Right, he didn't. I, I take it back. Yeah, he, he didn't. And then Jabari didn't work out for the Rockets because that's why it was so interesting when you see these draft interviews. Because I was watching a lot of them a week or two before the draft, and Jabari was saying, "I don't see myself sliding past number two. And it kind of makes you wonder, well, what are you hearing and from who? Because it's always a possibility. And people around the league know that. So, I mean, I just I, I just thought he was a clear-cut number one. Because Cole Anthony's your lead and scored last season, but he shot like under 40% from the field. He didn't really have a lot of guys challenging him for shots. They needed a face of their franchise, and they, they desperately needed – a guy on the wing. How do you see, friction is not the right word, but how do you see, because Franz Wagner played really well last year. Um, how do you see his fit with Van Caro now? Do they both start? Does one, does Franz come off the bench? I know damn well, they're not drafting Paulo for him to come, out the, come off the bench. So how do you see that, that dynamic kind of playing out? I mean, from, from the way I see it, what, what it's looking like on paper, 
And I could be wrong, but I could see Cole Anthony at the one. Gary Harris is still in Orlando, correct? I believe so. As of now, yeah. As of now, barring a trade, he would Gary would be the two. Paolo would be the three. Franz would be the four, and Wendell is at the five. That's okay. how you, that's how they're gonna play it. The guy that might have to come off the bench is Isaac. Because because of you know fresh off the ACL, just a talent standpoint. But in Orlando, they kind of playing musical chairs, if you will. They got all this young talent, but everybody's not gonna be around there. Like Mo Bamba could easily get traded after the year he had. He's increased his value, and he should have never been sitting in the first place for as long as he had. But he's increased his trade value. You got guys like Terrence Ross that are still over there. They gotta flip that. They got all this young talent. You now it's time to let them fly and learn. Yeah, and to your point, Jonathan Isaac was probably going to come off the bench anyway, just to kind of get him to get reacclimated to to playing again, coming off that that injury. I think he's going to get traded too. Yeah, because you yeah. know why these wings, these wings, these wings are hard to come by that can defend at a high level. And I've always thought this, and I've never hit my thoughts on this, even when he dating back to when the NBA was in a bubble. I always felt like Jonathan Eisen was better suited on a contender. Mm. Oh. Okay. With his skill set. I mm. mean, at some point he's gonna he's gonna every every NBA player gets their chance. You know, no matter what situation you in, if you got a couple of talents and a team can use it that has championship aspirations, at some point you're gonna get your day to show it. And some some guys react well to you know, young guys react well to being put on a team of veterans or win mm-hmm. or established winners already. And we get we're getting that now. Your guy uh Marjan Bochamp uh getting selected at twenty-four by the Bucks. You know, uh, I knew. yeah, so you know that's a guy you endorse for the Bulls, but he falls back and it may be a situation where the Bulls maybe uh get outsmarted by a, a team that is you know, built, that has built itself a better, much better roster. They're of course, lucky in some ways, but uh, you know they built themselves a roster that, uh, frankly, outplayed the Bulls in the playoffs this year. The Bulls are still looking up at them in the in the Central, and uh, we'll see if they unearthed another a uh, good young talent by picking Bochamp. But uh, you know, as we look at the, the the rest of this first round as it's laid out so far. You know, we're getting into uh, the last uh, last uh, several picks of the first round. You know, like I said, we had that top three, and um, you know, we wind you wind up with Jabari Smith going to Houston. But you know, uh, right quick, Gabe, what do you what do you think about that fit and how uh, you know uh, Jabari is going to you know possibly be utilized in Houston? Well, I like the fit for one. He's a guy that will help them defensively. And Houston needs that. I think he's a guy who can also help them stretch the floor and be serviceable on the wing. You know, you can't teach height in the league, and he has that. Um, I felt like Jabari Smith could have fit in any of the top three markets that had picks, whether it was Orlando or OKC. Yeah, a little pause here with Gabe, but definitely, yeah, like he, uh, like he said, 
you know, we've we've talked about it before here on the show in the last few weeks. You know, Jabari, yeah, Barry Smith is sort of being a guy who is definitely available, definitely able to fit in any of those top three spots uh, in any of those franchises, given his multifaceted ability and everything, you know, his ability to score and defend uh, long length, you know, just uh, really a, a sophisticated game and all that. And, um, you know, but, uh, but Drew, you know, I wanted, you know, looking, we, we talked about how the, the draft was going to sort of pivot on what, uh, uh, you know, was going to happen at four with, uh, with Sacramento as we, uh, hopefully we'll get the game back on in a minute, but, uh, you know, they go ahead and pick Murray. Yeah. That happened just before we signed off. They, they go ahead and pick Murray. Uh, at number four from Iowa, that leaves uh, what a lot of people thought they were going to get at four. You know, uh, J- uh, Ivy from Purdue, he goes to Detroit, and now Detroit looking like they got a nice, pretty, a nice little uh, young backcourt there with Ivy. You know, he's going to look like he's going to be starting next to uh, last year's number one K Cunningham, man. And Detroit is based; they made some more moves. Made some trades, got involved with the Knicks in Oklahoma. Uh, it looks like, but they wind up trading and getting uh, J- uh, Jalen Duran from uh, the the big center from uh, from Memphis. Who you know we talked a, bit, a little bit about him as a uh, you know probably an ideal pick for the Bulls earlier tonight. You know he winds up going. I guess if I guess first he was selected uh, by Oklahoma, then. Yeah. Then he, he's like traded to Detroit, but then the Knicks get involved, and now he's he's heading to New York with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kemba Walker heading over to Detroit, and there's talk already about him being uh, eventually uh, uh, let go by by the uh, bought out by Detroit, but it anyway, you know, Detroit, I think impressing quite a few people with those two picks and, you know, say the maneuvering they did to get the rank, you know, uh, but, you know, they had an easy choice. It looks like at, at number five with Ivy. Yeah, man, that's, uh, if I'm a Pistons fan, man, I'm, I'm certainly excited, man. Like you just said, the dynamic of having Kay Cunningham and, and Jay Ivy in your backcourt for years to come. And then you're able to, make that that deal to swing the athlete and the quote-unquote man-child that uh, Duran has been described as. Um, and they got – I believe they have um, a nice amount of cap space too now, if I'm not mistaken, when they um, traded, when they shipped out uh, Jeremy Grant. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I know as soon as they made that move, a lot of people started speculating about how – they might, uh, yeah, might yeah, yeah. DeAndre Aiden sweepstakes. So I mean, the yeah, arrow yeah. Is, is pointing as straight as it can for for that franchise right now. Um, tremendous, tremendous night for them. Tremendous last couple of days for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got it, Drew. Like, uh, you know, looking, you know, looking at uh, the the lottery as it as it unfolded. Um, I said Ivy goes at five. Uh, to Detroit, you wind up getting Benedict Matherin uh, from Arizona. We mentioned star uh, for that team. 
gets picked number six by Indiana. Shade and Sharp, who we talked about earlier, uh, the sort of mystery kid uh, from Kentucky by way of Canada. Uh, he goes seven to Portland. Uh, Dyson Daniels, a G, uh, G League Ignite kid uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, Australia, mm -hmm. gets selected number eight. Jeremy Sochan, who uh, some people have talked about as a possibility for the Bulls, but he goes way higher than uh, the Bulls' 18 pick at number nine to San Antonio. Johnny Davis, a uh, big, big time scorer for Wisconsin. Uh, some people say he might be a replacement for Bradley Beal. Uh, in Washington at number 10. And we this is where things get interesting here. Number 11, Oklahoma City made made the made this pick that originally was New York's. Uh Osaman Diane from France. So they wind up with him. Like I say the Knicks made the pick for Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City also gets a pick at 12. They they originally had the pick from the Clippers. They picked Jalen Williams, another fast rising guy uh who goes number 12. so oklahoma city gets you know a couple of you know big wing guys right there uh on top of their pick of, of chet hungry for number two overall so uh, oklahoma city another team that uh, impressing a lot of people with their draft results tonight and uh pistons again like we say they get in the mix with uh, with the Hornets and the Knicks, like a three-way trade there. Uh, no, we well, don't have all the details, but they'll be. I think they'll be coming out uh, officially as the night goes on. But Detroit winding up with Jalen Duran, uh, impressive physical uh, statue with him as a center. I said, God would have liked to seen it here if he could have dropped a few more spots. But uh, you know, uh, from there you got a. Uh, uh, a guy, a Gabaji from Kansas, a uh, small forward going to Cleveland, Mark Williams. Now, Charlotte, uh, you know, some people thought that Durant was going to Charlotte uh, for a minute there, but they wind up getting the center that they needed anyway at number 15 with Mark Williams, another guy who uh, he was looking for a second like he might drop down uh, good enough, but, uh, you know, he only makes it to 15. Uh, his teammate, A.J. Griffin, son of Adrian Griffin, uh, Duke teammate of Mark Williams, they go back-to-back. -back. He uh, selected that 16 for Atlanta. Uh, Tari Eason goes the spot before the Bulls, power, power forward from LSU. So, you know, Drew, do you think if he had went a spot later that he would have got selected? Um, who is it, Tari Eason? Yeah, if he was if he got past seventeen, you think the Bulls would man. Uh, oh, oh man, I, I don't know, man. That's a that's a good question because I again I, I didn't really hear much about Dalen Terry, so I'm not sure if they were sold on him from the beginning. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Man, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, don't, you don't know how they might have like ranked these players now. But mm -hmm. Now that we look at it, who they wind up getting. Or was he one of the guys that said, okay, if, if this guy's gone, this is going to be our, our plan B right here? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good question, man. I, I'm, I think I think they might have just been targeting uh, Terry all along, maybe, as we've kind of made um, note of this front office is really good at sleight of hand and, you know, the old okey-doke, as it were. Um, right. 
keep the cards to the chest. Man, yeah, except for a few things during their tenure where there's smoke, there's been no fire with this front office, man. Yeah. And it's it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what we would have expected from the last group. Like they just <laughs> You could you go you could see all they moves coming and, and they always <laughs> was wrong pretty much but yeah yeah it, it, you know but again like you know they hit last year you know with no reason to think that they hit again but we'll you know it's it's gonna take some time it's gonna be interesting to see like you know we talked a little bit on Twitter about uh the the expectations for IO. Uh, going into the summer league games that's going to be coming up in Vegas. Uh, you know, he's going to have Terry running with him now, I guess, in those games. So, you know, that could be an interesting duo to see uh, sort of playing next to each other, how they going to guard perimeter, you know, how they going to uh, maybe get out into some fast breaks, what they going to you know, do together, you know, how they going to just help distribute the ball to others, you know. Yeah. yeah it, could be could be a little bit of fun uh observing that at summer ball. It should be, man, given what we know about IO's defense and what we're, what we're hearing about uh Terry's defense. It, yeah. it should really be uh fun to watch and maybe they can wreak some havoc depending on how many games uh the front office wants the sumo to play, whether or not they let Patrick Williams play. Well, I guess that's that probably won't be the case. I can't really see them, even though he missed a vast majority of the his sophomore season, I'd be kind of surprised if he played more than one game, if that, in the summer league. What do you think? I'm with you, man. And and I, and if if you if you was gonna limit him that much, I don't even know why even have him. Like maybe if you wanted to have him work out with those guys, but to have him really play, like you know, <laughs> that's that's just risking. It's you know risking something that you don't want to risk. That you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. But. Uh, Oh, good, good. No, I was gonna say I gotta say too. I'm I'm happy for Oklahoma City, man. Getting yeah. Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren, um, and trading for um, Dang. Uh, maybe they can finally stop tanking and let Shade Yildiz Alexander play a full season without coming up with these out of left. I'm saying, man. man. <laughs> yeah, they. So no one, somebody, uh, one of the outlets already trying to say they might have a future big three with Giddy, uh, uh, SGA, and, uh, you know, uh, and Shet. Now, you know, the good thing about that threesome is that you're getting different, very different things from each of them. Mm-hmm. They they cover a lot of different areas. You know, Chet's going to be doing this thing from, you know, he could do his thing from the inside out or vice versa, but, you know, he's going to, he can handle the ball quite, quite well. Shea can, you know, Take over a game if need be, and but get and Giddy's gonna distribute. He's not gonna, you know, and and you know, do some outside shooting. He's not a guy though who's gonna uh, try to take over the game. He's gonna try to help the others take over the game. Yeah. So I, I like that's an interesting threesome there uh, that they got. Now what are they gonna have around them is gonna be the question, and you know, uh, you know what coaching they're gonna get and all that, but. Uh, but, uh, interesting, interesting pieces though with uh Darius Basley and um or Basley and um Lou Dort still there. They got some interesting pieces there. Yeah, yeah. Now I would say as, as far as that group, do you 
would you say is greater than or, or less than or equal to the two guys that Detroit got? Ooh. Just, uh, and, and you know, we, we, we probably could have to measure this on fit as much as anything. Yeah. I'm, I just love, I don't, I love the potential fit of Ivy next to, uh, next to Cunningham and oh, during, yeah. And, and during maybe they start to you know if he applies himself, maybe he's going to be there their big guy in the, you know, in the middle for years to come. But, you know, I, 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 I'm I interested in how, you know, the depth-wise, they, I must say, added, uh, Oklahoma City added for itself with the two lower uh, lottery picks. Of course, we like I said, we know what they're looking for in Chet Holmgren. But, you know, what are they going to be getting with Williams and uh, – you know, and uh, God, the other one, uh, Dang, Dang, yeah, Dang. So, uh, yeah, well, it, it's I guess maybe three is better than two. <laughs> you know, the three three is greater than two uh, objectively. So maybe that's the case. But I, I just, I like, I really like what what Detroit did tonight. Same here, same here. I. I I gotta, I gotta see like, I gotta see the rosters on paper to give you a better answer than what I can come up with right now in terms of who kind of looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. It's a hell of a question though, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then you gotta, you gotta think about who they're, what, what situation they're coming into. You know, Ivy and 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 Duran with um, Kay Cunningham and, and Sadiq Bay and uh, Dang and Holmgren and Jalen Williams with SGA and and Giddy. It's, I don't the, know, thing, <laughs> the thing is, you know, Detroit, they roster may look a hell of a lot different in in general. You know, Gabe, I know you you uh you think highly of Troy Weaver. You know, what what do you think they trying to get going over, over there in Detroit? I just think they trying to build a roster that's competent with young guys that can grow as one together in the hopes and efforts to try and make a run to not only the playoffs, but eventually make some noise in the east now how long that um may transpire how long it it like they may have to wait till that happens remains to be seen of course they're gonna have to go through their lumps and bruises but what i like about the jade and ivy pick is it allows k to do what he does best and that serve as a facilitator and be a playmaker out of the pick and roll and it allows him to actually kind of take a step back when Jaden is having a night where he's on one as an isolation pick and roll score. Like you got two guards in the mix that can play off of one another quite well. And they serve as, you know, good counterbalances to one another. And then you bring Killian Hayes off of the bench. Who's just as talented in his own right. Um, Southpaw guard kind of like out of that D'Angelo Russell tree of guards, if you will. You get him in the mix over there. You get Ivy in the mix with Cunningham, and then you get Duran, who can play in the pick and roll with both of them. He helps strengthen and anchors your defense. Um, he loves to run the floor, kind of like he has a, a Chris Webber-like skill set. I'm not going to compare him to Chris Webber, but their skill sets are quite similar. I, I really like I really like what they're building over there. And if they are able to get a big-name center or a wing, 
uh, and free agency, I, I believe they'll go after Miles Bridges knowing that he has Michigan roots. And I also yeah. believe they'll try and go after DeAndre Ayton as well. If they could get one or two of those guys in the mix, then, yeah, they can really um put themselves in a good position to make a run, and not only in the Central Division but in the Eastern Conference. I just think they're a team that's knocking on the door. Once you keep losing for so long and you keep getting high lottery picks, at some point, if you strike with your lottery picks, you're going to be in good business. Phoenix proved yeah, that. Right, right. We when you had, when you uh got off a, uh, there a little bit, we had Drew and May mention of you know what Detroit was trying to do financially and how they opened themselves up. You may have the numbers better than us, Gabe, but are, are they around like twenty million right now with uh, freed up? Because well, a, a lot of people have them looking, you know, uh, especially at uh at Aiton. If you know if, if he's gonna be, uh, you know, he's look like he's pretty much out of out the door in Phoenix. So you know, Detroit picking him up, that could be a really nice move and a really nice step forward for them to go with those younger guys that they that they've uh, compiling up. Yeah, and then plus they got Marvin Bagley too. But yeah, they got cap room yeah. because you got to think about it. All they guys are on rookie contracts. Whenever you got most of your roster on rookie contracts, you always got cap yeah. room. That's why, like, with Luka and stuff, Dallas was able to experiment so much with their roster, until, you know, before his Supermax kicked in because they had their best player on a rookie deal. So, like, whenever your player's on, on rookie deals, you try to take advantage of that window. Like, the first-round pick in Ben Carroll, I think he's making, like, what, $9 million off the rip? Like, mm-hmm. starting this year? And then it only, go, it only goes up, like, a certain amount. It doesn't go about, like, much. But your rookie deals, like if you got a top player on, on a rookie deal and he's your best player, like, yeah, you got to strike when the iron hot. And for Detroit, of course, Cade is the face of the franchise right now, but he's still on a rookie deal. So that's great. Okay, now, okay, I'm, I'm going to run off the, the, the post Bulls picks now. And uh, a very interesting pick just dropped here with, uh, with the now defending champs. Uh, but, uh, you know, coming from the Bulls pick at 18, 19 Memphis picks uh, power forward Jake LaRavia for Blake Forrest. And I saw the story just before the draft today. This is an incredible story to be. I'm going to put it up in the chat. Uh, LaRavia was apparently found out on Google that he was being listed as 22 when he was actually he's actually 20 years old. So he had to officially get Google to change that because it was affecting his stock. And when 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 people were able to find out that he's actually actually is twenty and not twenty two, it rose his stock up apparently, and to the point where he's you know a first round pick now. So he may have earned a lot of money because you know Google was hating on him at first, but you know he had to take it. He had to. Uh, take it to him officially you know and, and it makes me wonder like have it, have any either of you guys seen something that was blatantly wrong about you online or just blasphemy blatantly <laughs> you know, wrong or or, or or libelous of you online you had to go change it i hope you i hope no you know haven't had any situation like that i saw something that someone misquoted on an article of mine that i said but it wasn't nothing of like 
major with my age and nothing like that. No, wasn't messing with your money, was it? <laughs> no, I wasn't messing with my money. I just kind of found it funny that they thought that that's what I was saying from that article. I forget because it was a couple years ago. I think they were trying to say that I was saying that a certain all-star player was linked to a specific team, and that's not what I was saying. I was saying that a specific team needed to go after X all-star, and I was listed by reasons as to why. Hmm. It's always funny to me when people misinterpret like print, like it's written, like you can. It's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, it, I just love how I just love how it was like official, like like it was on his credit score or something. <laughs> he, had to, he had to get that shit really changed, like because people was like, "Oh no, you twenty two. That again, I keep going back to hustle now because. That, that that has there's so many references in that movie that it fit like with Bobine in that he's trying to lie about his age and he, oh, yeah. he brought his son in and he was like oh he's ten years old that age stuff real in the draft like it's yeah. it's soon because I used to wonder about dude's age myself when I was in high school and because like you would see certain all Americans. In class, you'd be like, oh, okay, he's 17 or 18, right? It was certain McDonald All-Americans. I can recall from, like, the last decade, they was 20 years old going into college. Mm. Like, I remember when O.J. Mayo went to USC. O.J. was, like, 20. O.J. Yeah. was 20. Yeah. D. Rose was, like, 18. Yep. Like, that was something that always caught my eye. Like, you, you – that age does play a factor. It, 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 it doesn't, it, it's not the end all be all for me, but like for certain scouts and stuff, yeah, that that play a big factor. Like it was certain guys in my high school class. I won't name no names, but I know that they was like a couple years, and I played with some of these guys, like at open runs and stuff. Like they was two years older than me. <laughs> Come right, coming around with five year old babies and stuff like that. <laughs> Man, you been you a super senior, man. Why you a super senior? <laughs> you were looking at like me right now. You were looking at <laughs> like that's why the AAU circuit so cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. You better get in the league right now, man. You got some child support. But, uh, <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, let's say go to twenty. Uh, like I say, Malakrik for for San Antonio. Christian Brown of Kansas or Brown uh, is uh, 21. I got to update this page. Man, anyway, uh, the, the pick I really want to talk about now, like I said, that came across at 28. Let me see if you get this page uh, refreshed. But, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, both share. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, first, so. Uh, yeah, Brown, Brown from Kansas at 21. Walker Kessler, uh, who I thought was an interesting, uh, you know, possibility for the Bulls, too, uh, went to 22 uh, for that Minnesota at 22. Uh, that was a pick they got from the Jazz. Uh, the Grizzlies uh, got a pick from the 76ers. They pick up David Roddy from Colorado State at 23. Uh, Marjan Bochan, we talked about him, goes to Bucks at 24. Blake Wesley of uh, Notre Dame. That's a pick that San Antonio picked up from trading uh, Derek White to the Celtics. Uh, so, uh, you know, Spurs just seem to always get these 
like smart young these smart guards on young or not so young they just pick up guys like that like it seemed like year after year and they got a couple tonight but uh timberwolves got another pick timberwolves traded uh uh traded down i believe that and got these couple picks in the 20s they pick up wendell moore from duke uh and uh 27 nikola jovic from serbia uh this Yo, you got Nikola Jovic, you got a lot of Nikolas and Jovics and Chokics, and you know, it's starting, it's starting to become like jailing for the Europeans, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> 20, 27. Uh, Golden State Warriors picked up Patrick Baldwin Jr. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, mention, say a little bit more about him in a minute, and uh, it looks like uh, the Rockets or was I was there trade there, but twenty nine tie tie Washington. Uh okay, yeah, trade uh looks like it's gonna be for Houston trading from Minnesota. Or going to Minnesota. I don't know. I don't know. I, I will will find out, but it's uh Ty Ty Washington gets slicked at twenty nine. But Patrick Baldwin Yeah, <laughs> Patrick Baldwin is interested to me at twenty eight. Because he goes to Golden State. Now, whenever you see Golden State pick up a guy now, you have to be like, okay, they know something that we don't, that everybody else knows. Because every time that every young guy they pick up winds up doing something for them. The only one we can question so far has been James uh, Wiseman, you know, but he's been hurt. But, you know, everybody they picked up in recent years, it's like, man, what, what, and, and Baldwin, was like the number one kid in his class in high school. He had his pick wherever he could go. There's a great feature on him. Uh, our guy, uh, Ricky O'Donnell, wrote for SB Nation. I advise y'all to look that up. But uh, the kid winds up going where his pops coach at the time, Patrick Ball was senior, Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. The biggest, biggest pull any Horizon League team has ever got. And the whole season just goes to crap for him due to injuries. He only plays like six games or something. And just, you know, his stock falls. He was a guy who was looking, you know, through every metric, every, uh, you know, all the storyline for him was looking that he was going to end up being a top five pick. He falls and he winds up now in the late first round, but he goes to Golden State. So it may work out for him in the end, but – you know, that may be a pick, though, that, you know, some some people may look at that. Some people may look at that and think that, you know, it's a reclamation project, but it may just be another guy who, uh, you know, everybody uh, sort of sleeping on that Golden State is like, yeah, come on in. We know just what to do with you. Yeah, I mean, I it's probably the best situation for yeah, it's, it's a great situation for him because it ain't going to be that much pressure on him. And he got a lot of talent. It's funny because Patrick Baldwin Jr. actually got Chicago ties, man. Like his dad used to go. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was going to go to Loyola originally, the Loyola Academy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but his but his dad got the job up there in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, you got it, you got it man. Like, that's another Chicago, sort of Chicago area product, but he was uh, 
you know, like I say, really, really established himself as one of the best prep, uh, pre- uh, prep, uh, 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 cont- ah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the number one guy in his class, uh, for, uh, you know, before he got injured and everything. And it's, it's a rough, rough story for him, but he's, he's still, uh, stayed positive, worked his, worked his way through the draft and everything. Uh, and uh, now he's a uh, Angola State, but uh, the last pick of the first round, Peyton Watson from UCLA. I, I was I followed UCLA. I'm I'm not up on this kid as much as some of the other talent. But he was uh, a big kid to, out of Cali. Yeah, yeah, he went to Long Beach Poly. Um, was a big okay. time was a big time UCLA recruit. He was expected to make some noise with Johnny Jujang and them um, last season. He didn't really get a chance to like he was kind of relegated to bench duty a lot, but he has a, yeah. a high upside, promise a young wing, real athletic, um, nice off the ball. I really thought he was gonna make a lot of noise over there, but who who had the last pick? Where where is he going? Oklahoma City. So they get another wing guy lives right there. That's a nice situation for him. So yeah, that's that's the first round, y'all. We uh we able to see y'all through it, and um, yeah, it's you know we gonna we gonna hear more about what the Bulls, you know, the the reaction to the Bulls and everything, and uh, you know, we'll see. You know, it seems like every year now that we get these guys who emerge, you know, certain guys emerge for these these lower picks for these playoff teams. Now, the thing is. With this year, you got a lot of teams who are left, like sort of, you know, non-playoff teams in the mix with these lower picks as well. So it'll be interesting to see what impact is there in in these first couple of years with uh, some of these Oklahoma City players. Uh, you know, Minnesota. You know, they were a playoff team last year, but you know, not a. T- you know, you could just as easily see them fall back possibly next year. So. You know the, the if, if they don't handle their business, you know they that's sort of been an up and down, uh, you know trajectory for that franchise in recent years. But uh, yeah, we'll see how, how uh, things goes. Uh, interesting night. Uh, anything else that jumps out at y'all from from how things develop? Either uh, you know, I, I gave I know we uh, we you were trying to reconnect. We were sort of talking about the uh, the Knicks moves and everything. You know any anything about uh, the the but like I said uh, Detroit works in that as well with uh, you know the Kemba Walker acquisition as of now, but uh, you know any anything you know along those lines or anything else that emerged in this first round that uh, sort of sticks out for you. I really I really like the Dyson Daniels pick uh, from okay. New Orleans. I think he's gonna be very vital to their defensive success. I think when you got him, Alvarado, and Herb Jones um, on the perimeter defensively, man, you're going to be in for a long night. I really like what they're building over there. And he really showed out. He had a a very impressive combine. I really really think a lot of teams, for the most part, did pretty well in their draft evaluation. Um, I I like the A.J. Griffin pick for Atlanta. I think he's a guy that can stay healthy. He can be solid, is a, is a catch-and-shoot player, uh, knocking down triples as well as defensively for Atlanta as well, which needs that on the wing. 
And if he can stay healthy and DeAndre Hunter can stay healthy, then that's two wings they have. And then, mind you, they got Jalen Johnson hit away and Sharif Cooper. So they have a lot of young talented pieces over there that they can either seek to flip for future assets down the road if it doesn't pan out there or that they can seek to implement as part of their nucleus um, alongside of Trey Young. Hey, see, I'm, I'm thinking, too, that you may look at, like, Herder or, you know, there are already some whispers about Bogdanovich. Uh, get moved, you know, down there, like, you know, that that may be helping, uh, you know, speed that process up with by getting in AJ Griffin. Uh, he he, I, I'm impressed by him, like, and that's a pretty good spot. I agree with you. That's a pretty good spot for him to to come and make an impact right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I've I'm I always have had my eye on Atlanta since they made the conference finals, but ever really since Trey got there, because they have a a chance to me to do something special that hasn't been done in that region and that city from a basketball standpoint, that would be kind of cool to see. Uh, I still think that they need a little bit of work here and there, but like, I, I can't knock that pick. I'm just interested to see who fits long-term Bogdanovich. I still think that's, that's a guy that could be serviceable for them, but I mean, I, I know that it's been some rumblings about them potentially trading John Collins. I'm interested yeah. in you know for Harrison Barnes. I'm wondering if there's a way that maybe they could get Rashawn Holmes in that deal. We'll see. And and that's another that's one thing about tonight. No big, no real big names fly around. Like there's you no, know, there's been a lot of talk, of course, but no, no Kyrie trades, no John Collins. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, we didn't get any anything to really make you know uh, make our jaws drop tonight. But uh, Drew, anything that uh, any player team matchups uh, besides the stuff we talked about that that you think uh, uh, could be pretty pretty exciting? Uh, nothing that we haven't already talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just kind of still surprised that Liddell and and Hardy are still. Waiting yeah, they didn't get picked at all in the first round. Yeah, yeah, that's never know, man. Life comes at you fast, I suppose. Mm. But well, it's the best in the disguise, though. I mean, think about all the guys that yeah. are coming round to Genova, Arenas, Jokic. You know, the back-to-back -back MVP was a second-round pick. Who would ever thought that Draymond Green now is a four-time NBA champion? So you got a lot of motivation if you're one of these guys. You know, that's still on the board. To you know, look at it and say, "Hey, if them guys could do it, I know damn well I can." Yeah, that's a great give, point. Giving them a natural chip on their shoulder, so yeah, you know, uh, the guys who really want it, they gonna get out. They gonna go out and get it, and you know, uh, yeah. looking at some, yeah. looking at some early quotes from uh, Dale and Terry. Um, he was asked if he'll remember who was picked before him. He said, "Yes, sir. I remember everybody already." Uh, <laughs> After his workout with the Bulls, he called us agent and told him that's where he wanted to be. Um, mm -hmm. He said Zach Levine is the smoothest player ever. So I mean, he's he's a <laughs> he's 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 a D uh, not DM and he's um adding little Dirk already. So he, he he's he's ready to go. It seems like man, <laughs> he, he excited to to come to Chicago. Yeah, man. don't be don't go don't go to sixty third. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> stay away, stay in the uh, river north for, in, in, the, in the west loop for the time yeah. being. Be, be easy, at least you know, get, get yeah. you know, 
get your feet wet a little bit, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> dip a toe. Just dip a well, toe or two. He's saying all the right things to try and, you know, get out of that rookie duty, I guess, with Zach and stuff. So, right. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He don't want to be a glorified ball boy. So, <laughs> that's, hey, good, good on him, man. He come in with that uh, that attitude. If it, if, it, if that's what works for him to motivate him, you know, hey, more power to him. Hopefully, you know, uh, it's a good situation to go into. It's a situation where you can, uh, be on a on a team, a smart team, in in on uh, an overall sense, but with some pretty giving uh, vets. When you look at the way that uh, you know the the Rosen deals with with guys, younger guys, and everything in particular, and uh, you know Caruso is really he's a future coach. He looks like you know, and uh, you know you got a few guys like that on this team. Who are probably gonna be ready? Gonna be ready right away to to get next to Terry and, and tell him things that he needs to do to be successful right away. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes for. Him. Yeah. All right, but uh, we gonna we gonna wrap it up here. You know, just got past ten. Like I say, the, the first round is over. We didn't got all we need out of tonight. So you know, uh, like I say, next next move is free agency, uh, July first. Everything opens up a week from uh, pretty much a week from the day, uh, and uh, is, that's the next step. But uh, we gonna take a little time off, you know, the week, next week plus. Going past the holiday, we'll be off at least. You know, I got a, I got it marked down for now for the fifth of uh, July, but it still may be a, a day or two after that at least. You know, we'll see. But sometime that week, maybe we'll come. We'll try to come back on. And uh, maybe you know have some reactions for maybe the big stories that develop out of free agency, uh, and the, uh, uh, the the deals that that are going to jump off right at the beginning of July. So uh, and oh, and also for, uh, Sky, uh, they're they're playing now in LA. Uh, the WNBA All Star going to be that following weekend after the holiday. So. Yeah, we'll we'll be back uh, about that time to uh, get into that stuff as well. But uh, for now, uh, Drew, I know you got a. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about the uh, the Rebuildable podcast, so definitely support him on that. Uh, but also uh, on uh, your writing, uh, tell everybody about your writing, and I'm sure you gonna have some stuff uh, probably uh, reacting. You getting your quotes ready already? Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we got <laughs> on tap. We got somebody that's uh. That's hammering it out as we speak, man. So I was able to okay. spend this time with y'all, which I'm very appreciative for. It's been a little minute since I was able to talk to you gentlemen, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, like 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 you said, Kyle, man, started a new venture with um, Matt Gentile on a re- rebuildable podcast. Looking to try to get a, uh, an, ep- an episode out, out every week or so, so please tune into that, man. And, um, you know. Now, dude, you'll definitely be reacting to uh, the Dale and Terry on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, you know, just keep a track of my writing too on 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 tap sportsnet, man. Myself and the rest of the staff that's that's over there, man. We try to pull content every every anytime something breaks, anytime something happens, man. We always try to get something up on the site as soon as we can. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, we show love to everybody who, who shows our guys love around here. 
And to that matter, uh, shout out to the Bigs. They got uh, Josh in at the Advocate Center. Uh, if you following him, you've seen his. Uh, I'm sure you've seen already his uh, some pictures and video. He's took it. He's took in there. So he's doing some stuff with. Uh, you know, he got there on behalf of the Bigs tonight. So that, definitely appreciate those brothers for uh, giving Josh this this big opportunity. So uh, we'll talk to Josh about his experience at the. Uh, or at the Advocate Center uh, on our next show, uh, he, you know, he'll probably uh, tell you a lot himself on in the scope. So uh, you know, watch out for that. He may have a new one. The if not this this week, probably in the uh, uh, coming weeks. Uh, so watch out for that. Gave, of course, definitely always doing his thing and with what Gave said. And uh, you know, he, he he hosted his first episode of Running with War this week, and uh, definitely. Uh, did a great job doing that. We appreciate you doing that, brother. And you can uh, expect him to do that quite a bit more down the line. So, uh, yeah, we we doing it, man. We you know we link up like like uh, Voltron whenever we can. And uh, nights like this is, uh, you know, we hope we give you a a little bit of the knowledge and uh, entertainment that you like to see when it comes to basketball talk. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll keep we keeping it moving. Uh, gonna have a lot of fun this summer, and we hope uh, y'all uh, enjoy. You know, join us for as much as you can. But uh, in the meantime, in between time, check out War Media on on uh, all the major platforms. Uh, you know, uh, all our podcasts are available on uh, through the uh, War uh, through War on Anchor Anchor FM. Uh, you can uh, follow War Media on there. You can get a get a podcast to all the major platforms. There are links to, uh, you know, War on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that. Spit, uh, you know, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, all that. You can listen to these shows there, and of course, watch us live as we stream on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. You get uh get uh, all get notified ahead of time when we go on, even when we do it uh you know at, with a short notice like we did tonight. So, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, that's it. Until uh, we meet again, enjoy uh, enjoy the uh, the weather out here.